This podcast contains adult language. Today is February 8th, 2017. I got Calhoun and Art Chill with me. What's up, fellas? What's up? Another hard day to be in Atlanta, man. Yeah, so today's podcast is 2-5. Today's podcast is February 5th, 2017. Worst day in Atlanta sports history. So everybody know we're in Atlanta-based show. Everybody know what the talking point is right now. But before we get to that, so we did a podcast, actually an earlier podcast, episode number 17, October 7, 2013, the worst day in Atlanta sports history. And to take you back on a little throwback Thursday, because today Thursday that this podcast run, that was when the Falcons lost to the Jets in the Monday night game, where the Jets were shitty and the Falcons lost. That was when the Braves lost in the playoffs. And the Hawks opened up the season with a loss. So we thought that was we thought we couldn't get no lower than that day until February 5th, 2017. And oh Lord, how low we done got. So let's start off, Calhoun. Go on ahead and give your thoughts. Everybody done said something about the Super Bowl. So go on and give your thoughts on the Super Bowl. We'll start with you. Man, fuck the Super Bowl. Fuck the Falcons. Fuck the Patriots. All right, chill. Hey, uh, I want to be angry, but I'm just so hurt right now. <laughs> and, and I want to believe that the South will rise again, but I'm totally disillusioned right now, you know? So how, let me ask you this. I'm Art Chill, I'm still with you. It's been, what, 72 hours since the Falcons lost, give or take. How do you feel today compared to when double zeros hit the clock and the game was over? Well, I feel a little bit better, which is not to say I feel great. I just feel a little bit better. That is one of the most gut-riching feelings, uh, most depressing feelings. You know, I can't remember the last time I, I, I felt that bad. You know, uh, I, could, I couldn't talk to nobody. I, you know, I, I, was, I, was just, uh, I, I was just lost. So... Yeah, it's really hard to put into words, man. I mean, like I said, I feel a little bit better at this point, at this juncture. And um, since that time, uh, the organization has made some moves and everything. Hold on, hold that thought. We're going to get there. We're going to get Don't worry. We got it. We got This is going to be a good 30 minute podcast. We're going to get there. So just hold your horses on that. Calhoun. Get up on this one, huh? Yeah, I was gonna get into it, but I, I was just saying they made some moves, but I still don't even really know how I feel about those. So right now, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm still trying to, you know, uh, get a handle on things. Calhoun, how you feel 72 hours after the Falcons blew that game? Uh, ugh, a little bit better. You said you said it best. The next one, it felt like I lost a friend. Like, I haven't felt that bad since we went to MOB from them. It don't feel quite like that, but it felt like I lost a friend. Like, that was horrible. I, I didn't want to talk about it. 
had a hard time going to work the next day. I think the whole city did because if you was in the city, traffic was so easy. Monday the next day, there weren't hardly anyone on the streets. Uh, my friend, she had to call out. She said she had headaches and tears. I mean, it was just, they put us through the ringer. That was horrible. I'm still in the same, like, I don't know. Hey, besides this podcast, like a couple of real soccer fans, I don't even want to talk about it with nobody else. Yeah. Well, you you quoted me. I'm going to quote you. You said this like a bad breakup. This like having a, a significant other who you really care for and you just been trying to work it out. You just can't give over the hump. And you really love the person, but you, you break up with him. You got to let him go. And you just sitting there the next day like, did I make the right choice? What did I do? How did it come to this? So I think I was sitting there like, I was pissed. I'm still pissed. So I think you guys are handling a lot better than I am. I mean, we're going to get into why a little later. But I'm still, if it's if it's 10 levels of getting over shit, I'm still at level one. Most people are like at level three or four or whatever. So I'm still I'm still as mad as I was when double zeros hit the clock. And, you know, I had people trying to console me. I had my lovely girlfriend trying to console me, doing what she could. But I really, Monday morning, I didn't want to be bothered. I, I was in Houston for that. And I can tell you collectively, you've never seen. I went to Warehouse Live and watched the game. And that was like the official Falcons place. It probably was like two Patriots fans in there. You've never seen so many people be have all the wind deflated out of them at the same time. And so the fast forward, when I got here Monday, I didn't want to see nobody. I didn't want to talk to nobody. I didn't want to eat. You know how you had that feeling after a breakup where you kind of don't want to eat. You just want to stay in the bed all day. I had that feeling times too. So that's how bad the Falcons let me down. But let's get real quickly. Give some takeaways to the game. I know you're saying fuck the Falcons and fuck everything about them, Calhoun, but just throw some things out of the game that kind of surprised you. 31 unanswered points. Uh, 28-3 and then loss. Overtime, I couldn't stop a nosebleed. First and 10 on the 22-yard line under four minutes to go and end up 30-33. I don't give a shit about the positives right now. I don't give a fuck about the positives. Let me cut you off real quick. This is a game that there there are no positives. Like, the net effect is so bad, there is nothing good you can take away from this loss. They ran the ball five times in the second half when the running game was working for you. Then used Terry Coleman and Devontae Freeman, a known mismatch in the flats and in the passing games, effective enough. I mean, I... The court, man, that's what my takeaway is to start off. The coaching was pissed or ridiculous in this game. Horrible. Art you? I got to echo that. I definitely feel like the coaching lost that game. Um, I feel like they were playing with part of the playbook. Like, I fully expected to see Muhammad Sanu throw a touchdown pass. You know, uh, but the whole offense just seemed vanilla, man. It, it was crazy. You know, they did a couple of play action passes and everything like that, but it wasn't, it was a horrible game. I think Kyle was already on the San Francisco. Um, I, I, I do have like one, one positive. I mean, I really felt like, uh, you know, our defensive line and everything showed up, uh, and that, and I think it was about that second or third uh, drive from. Uh, well, they actually showed up the, uh, the first half. 
But there was one drive where they hit Brady on every play that he dropped in. You know, all of them. I think I think they might have gotten two sacks in that same drive, but they hit him every play. You know, as soon as he let go the ball, and then he ended up throwing that interception, that pick six. Uh, that was, that was the best part of the game for me. That that one drive, but it, it's it's so much stuff, and like I can't even recall in detail like Calhoun did because I don't block a lot of stuff out. So. I, want, I agree with you guys, but I disagree to a degree. I think the one positive was Grady Jarrett, point blank, period. Grady Jarrett. Yeah, Grady Jarrett was amazing. Yeah, he, we, still, we still looking for Vic Beasley. Yeah, so that's what I was going to say. So, like, if we were running win so after a loss like this, you normally run win sprint, so the coach punishes the whole team. This is the one where the coach say, number 97, Grady Jarrett, you go sit on the bench and watch the rest of them. You did your thing. We can't ask too much more of you. Calhoun just said the best. Where the fuck was Vic Beasley? And the counter art chill, I kind of disagree. I agree with what you're saying about Shanahan and the coach. I think the coaching was awful. But I think it was awful for a different reason. You had such a good first half. You didn't have to do too much. You didn't have to be special. You didn't have to call innovative plays. You could have took a knee. Once we got up 28-3, you could have took a knee from then on and won the game. The first half went so well, and it wasn't because of the offense. It really was because mostly of the defense, right? The offense did okay, but the defense was what was kicking the Patriots' ass. I thought it was human, humanly impossible to be that bad in that short of a time to lose that game. So, like, I put most of the onus on Dan Quinn. I put all of the onus on Dan Quinn. And it goes to a point I was telling Calhoun, can you really trust Dan Quinn? I know everybody going to say, yeah, he, he did see that. He got us to a Super Bowl in the city that hasn't been to too many Super Bowls. But I don't see how you can sit there and look in Monday morning if you're Arthur Black and say, I have the head coach I need for the future. I like to echo those points. <clears throat> and listen to sports talk radio today. That's what they were saying. Because, of course, the government's coming on Kyle Shanahan. And, of course, he had an interview with one of the TV personalities, uh, news radio. And he was saying it was my fault. But it was like at some point the head coach has to step in and be like, hey, no, we're not running that. Or, no, call me, give me another play. You do not lose that game. That was the point in the fourth quarter. It was a 99% chance the Falcons were going to win the Super Bowl. Stop right though. There were 20 points in the game, period. The Falcons had a 99% chance of winning the Super Bowl. Like, there were 20 different positions. You know how they do it, like every minute or something like that. Out of all the minutes, there was 60 minutes. So, one third of the game, the Falcons had a 99% chance of winning that game. And to come away with a loss is just ridiculous. They just showed you how championship teams find a way and how losers find a way to lose. They found. There was no way to lose that game. They snatched defeat from the jaws. They snatched victory from the jaws of defeat, right? Or snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. Whichever one is. They found a way to lose when you're not. Yeah, they snatched defeat in the jaws of victory. That's what they did. <laughs> yeah, it, it was literally still unbelievable. You know, <laughs> it's, it's really unbelievable. Like, it doesn't seem like it was possible. Even though it happened, it doesn't even seem like you could go back and tell somebody it happened. You know what you can go back and do? You can damn almost go back and tell your children, your friends, when did you became just a Falcon outside instead of a Falcon fan? What was the date? You can almost go back and say February 5th. I mean, it's the JFK syndrome, right? So everybody, most people know certain things in their lives. For 
Our parents' generation, it was where you was when Martin Luther King and John F. Kennedy died. You could pretty much ask anybody, black or white, where they were for those two things. And, you know, whether they like them or not, they know where they were when those people got killed. For our generation, you could ask what was 9-11, where you were when 9-11 happened. We all can kind of pretty much say pretty much to a degree where we were when 9-11 happened. For Atlanta Falcons fans, it's going to be where were you when you quit liking the Falcons. And it's going to come back to 2-5-2017. Yeah, I mean, that loss is so bad, it almost makes you uh, not care about football, period. Like, from, from now on, like, because you can't pick another team. So from now on, you're probably just going to find something that you're going to have a hobby to do on Sunday. Well, I, told, I, was just you know. <laughs> I was just talking to someone at the gym today. Yes, I went to the gym. And he was saying the same thing. Like, I can't pick another team, but boy, I don't want to go through that. I don't want to go through this type of shit no more. At all. I don't want to go through that. How do you? Man, there's no way. No. The Falcons blew it so bad. They actually made me not care about any other Atlanta team. You know, I watch, I go to a lot of Hawks games and I watch a lot of, you know, the Hawks games, man. Like, I, I, I haven't watched a single game this week. And I don't know if I really want to because I feel like the Hawks are going to do the same thing. You know, go to the playoffs, maybe. Get out the first round, and then it'd be some garbage, and I just wasted another season. Amen. I feel the same. I feel the exact. It's amazing you articulated that. That's exactly how I feel. I just told someone when we was watching the Super Bowl, they just put up all the stats against us. They had like Boston hockey team. They had like six championships. We had none. The Red Sox had like nineteen twenty, whatever it was. We had one. The uh, Patriots had like six or seven. We have zero. They have six, five. We have zero. They have the Hawks. They had the Boston Celtics. Had we have none. I don't give a shit about this shit no more. I don't want to keep doing this shit. You can't talk. You can't talk to no one about your team. So if someone talk about the trash Cowboys or whatever team you hate, unless it's the Eagle fan or a Detroit Lions fan, you have no leg to stand on. That's what they did. They karate kid us. They swept the leg. Son, that's what they did. They swept. <laughs> I want to play a quote from Mr. M.O.B. And I forever I hate Atlanta Sports Podcast. They consistently never, ever, 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 ever done what you expect them to do to make the team better. That's the first thing. They never do what you expect them to do. The overhyped bad fans. Oh, this all you right here. This all you.
let me put this to further quote Mr. MOB. When he said they don't deserve my fanhood, Atlanta teams does not deserve the three people who were there, Sammy D, uh, RTR, Art Chill, Digital Darren, Calhoun, they don't deserve our fanhood. Well, I, they don't deserve nobody's fanhood in Atlanta. And that's what's kind of pissed me off about this. So if you look on social media, Art Chill, it kind of goes to something you're saying. Like, you're a true enough fan where it hurts you to the core. You like, you don't even know. You're basically just walking around the street not knowing where to go. you just that dis, that dis illusion right now. I'm just, I'm with you. Calhoun with you. But it's people on there saying, hey, let's surround our Falcons with love. Let's hold them high. Let's help them out. Fuck no. You don't lose that fucking game. There's some things in life that are inexcusable. It's inexcusable for you to kill somebody. It's inexcusable for you to rape somebody. It's inexcusable for you as a professional sports team, professional football team, to lose that fucking game. Arthur Blank shouldn't get a goddamn dime of our money or anybody's money in the city. They should make him pay for that goddamn dome by himself. So I was talking to a friend of mine. Uh, that's, he's uh, he's Nigerian. And uh, he was telling me, he was like, you know, if, if that was soccer, that team would be stoned when they got back home. <laughs> stoned. No, you remember... Because 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 of the emotional anxiety that it put on the fans and, and the disappointment and stuff like that. And so it's crazy because I see people that are fans of other teams saying, uh, what happened to the Falcons fans? No no fans came to welcome them home and stuff like that. You know, if, if this was our our franchise or whatever, if this was our fan base, we welcome them with open arms, it'd be a big uh greeting. I'm like, nah, forget that. They don't deserve it. They 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 let down a whole city, not 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 just our city right now as it stands. They let down the whole legacy, the whole history of Atlanta sports. Three years ago, a soccer coach from it was either it was a Spanish country, I forget which Spanish country. He blew like the Spanish cook for whatever team he was. They killed him for that. Literally killed him for that. So Exactly. Your Nigerian friend is right. Something should happen. And Calhoun, you were telling me something. You may not want to put that on, on, on wax, but something should happen to them for this type of loss. It shouldn't be no... I, I, I was hoping that the player right home would have ended up like the Marshall High School kid. That's what I was saying. They should have ended up like We Are Marshall. You don't know who We Are Marshall is? The story about a high school team that was on the plane, plane crashed, and they had to get the whole team back together. We all Marshall, man. They could have killed all they all them bitches could have gone and got out of him. Man, we don't, man. I'm dead. Listen, you're saying it. We seen it. And this is the power of sports. I don't know some people would be like, it's not that serious. We all are born and raised here in Georgia. We some Georgia boys. We seen this city come together like you haven't seen in a long time. Am I right? Freak me probably the last thing to unify this city like this. But the difference with Freaknik is this transcended just color. Like, it was whites high-fiving blacks. It was Spanish high-fiving Asians. All of us was around here talking about Rise Up and that brotherhood bullshit. Everybody was in this shit together. Sell the case, whatever. It doesn't matter what your income was, what you did. It doesn't matter your, your criminal record. It didn't matter your color. Nothing. Sunday of a Falcon, that's what the city did. It brought everybody together. 
and they took that from us. The city was erupting. I was in the city. I seen some of the game with, with, with Chill. I seen some of the game in Ellenwood. I went to my, I was in the city because I just knew he was winning. I was in the city. The city was ready. And these bastards took that from the city. Fuck them. They don't deserve it. Fuck that new dome. Fuck that coaching style. Fuck them. Fuck anybody playing that game. Who I don't give a fuck what you play. I don't give a fuck if you the water boy. Fuck you too. Man, fuck all them. I tell you another one. We had a friend. Mom died Sunday. Mom died Sunday. Now, nothing's going to replace his mom. But in those tears of sorrow and sadness, could have been a couple tears of, boy, my mom. But, you know, but the father one, I got a barren one. But he have a little joy for if it's just for two minutes that they won. The father took that from him and made it worse. And it wasn't that they lost. So let's back up. It wasn't that they lost. I think we all could accept it, that they lost if they lost a certain type of way. It's the fact that they blew a 25 fucking point lead in the third quarter. Like, you couldn't make this shit any worse. You couldn't do this shit any worse. It's, it's unprecedented. It's fucking un- so only in Atlanta fucking Georgia. Historical tokens, man. It's not going to happen again. That was 31 unanswered points in the second half. Think about it. It's been 51 Super Bowls. None of them went to overtime until the fucking Falcons got there. Think about this. There's never been a deficit that was overcame that was more than 10 points. They overcame a 25-point deficit in the second half, man. You, that's unreal, ain't it? It's not even supposed to be enough time. It's not enough time for that. That's why you have to go to overtime. That's unbelievable. The coach, as we said it last year, doing that six-game slide, we was talking about the coach, like, it doesn't matter who you are. You're not supposed to lose six games in a row. You have the team that we have, but more than that, with the schedule that we have. The, co- the coaching staff has been questionable, and I don't care what, this isn't overreaction. We, I've been saying it. We've been saying it. There's a lot of questionable stuff that's going on with this coaching staff. That's a great segue to what Art Chill was about to say earlier. The Falcons have done more things to the coaching staff, so let's get into it. They fired Kyle Shanahan, the offense coordinator, moved on. God bless him. Today. Fuck you. Ain't no God bless him. Fuck him. Today. You worry about the 49ers, you worry about the goddamn team. Sunday, you had the championship ring take to the fuck-ass 49ers. Man, fuck Kyle Shanahan. Ain't no blessing. Fuck him. We also fired we fired our defense coordinator and Brian Cox, a D-line coach. So, Art Chill, what do you think of those moves? Uh, I'm happy for all of those moves. I'm happy that Kyle gone because I really feel like this was a one-in-a-million season for him. Because um, he's been in the league for a long time. He hasn't had any success. So, yeah, you know, San Francisco, I'm happy y'all took him because he ain't going to do nothing for y'all. Y'all are going to stay a mediocre program. He's not going to bring any success. Uh, you know, uh, we'll have to hear from y'all bandwagon fans uh, from the 80s uh, for a while. Uh, not seriously. Y'all, y'all always, they're always crapping about something. Uh, 
glad to see uh, Cox go. Uh, even though I like him, I like his character. He hasn't produced the results. I'm glad to see the defense court, defensive coordinator go. Uh, possibly because I think uh, Ed Quinn might need to be more involved or uh, in the, and have his, uh, you know, fingerprints more on the defense. Uh, but he did such a terrible job during the Super Bowl. It's like I, I, I really feel like, and I'm not as knowledgeable a fan as you guys, but I really feel like there were a lot of adjustments they could have made the defense, you know, maybe bringing in the extra DB and taking one of the linebackers out so they wouldn't keep getting burnt in coverage and keep getting hold of calls. Or, you know, once the defense saw that they were tired and uh, the line was, the defensive line was tired, you know, why not mix up some blitzes, you know, uh, so the Brady won't have that clean pocket to sit there, and, you know, and all that time to sit there, you know, and, and hit you down the field for 10 yards, like keep everything short. Uh, disruptive, you know, uh, not place over no. Um, and, uh, so they brought in, uh, the guy from, um, uh, from Alabama. His old Sarkeesian. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and I did watch that national championship game, which I'm told he's about the only game he's the OC or uh, the play caller for. And I wasn't impressed. And, um, so can I carry the ball from this? I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna alley oop this shit to you because you called me today pissed off about that Steve Sarkeesian hire. All right, chill. Can I can I carry the ball from here? Go ahead. Let's start with offense and defense. Let's start with offense first. I'm gonna get to my defensive thoughts. Steve Sarkeesian was the reason Alabama lost that game. You saw the game, like you said, you weren't impressed. Clemson did everything they could to get that game away. Lane Kiffin stayed up. They win that. Alabama wins that game by three touchdowns. Steve Sarkeesian, they look like shit that game. I watch a lot of college football. As bad as they looked against Washington the week before with Lane Kiffin out the door, they looked worse against Cleveland, Clemson. Excuse me. Clemson had like four turnovers that game, and they on Alabama scored like 20 points or something. He was the re- like he sucks. I seen him as the head coach at USC where he got kicked out. For being a damn alcoholic. He couldn't keep it together then. He, they sucked at USC. He was the coach at Washington. They sucked at Washington. I mean, I don't, he must got pictures on Arthur Blank Jack and the president of Washington's dick while sucking the, U, the president of USC dick at the same time. Because I don't see how he gets this job. There's nothing on his professional resume minus the two years he had with Reggie Bush that says he should be a head, a head coach, an NFL offense coordinator, anything in professional football. He just named it. That's how he got the connection. So it's a Dan Quinn Pete Carroll connection. That's why. Well, because he was Pete Carroll. That's how Steve Sarkeesian on Pete Carroll, and that's where Dan Quinn come from. So they go your connection. Well, this is and so that goes to my other point with the defense. That the wrong people got fired for the defense. Dan Quinn needs to get fired. Dan Quinn is a shitty head coach. They said in AJC since since the bye week, he's had more of a hand in the defense, which means he should be fired for letting that shit go on in the Super Bowl. Jalen Collins and goddamn Poole and Goodwin got turned every which way but loose. They got dick stuck under them from the sec- beginning of the second half to the end of the game. I would have thought they would have tapped out. For Dan Quinn not to see this coming and not make these changes, he deserves to get fired. But not only that, he does the most ass-backward things you can do after the game. 
He wants to promote internally from the side of the ball on defense that performs shitty, but outside of the ball that performed historically well, the offense, he wants to go get somebody from outside of the team. Any coach with common sense will promote internally on offense. Find somebody outside of the team for the defense. That shit is basic math to me. But I don't know. Like, Dan Quinn is the problem. He needs to be fired. He will not lead us to the promised land. So we can be progressive and cut bait right now and get a coach who can lead us to the promised land. Calhoun? I like what you said, but I have to disagree. <clears throat> not wholeheartedly. All your points are valid. He's a second-year head coach that took us to the Super Bowl. There's no way he's getting fired. Um, Archie said it best. Kyle Shanahan coached above his head. Matt Ryan played above his head. Vic Beasley played above their head. That's you see what happened how Matt Ryan, and this goes back to how good of a quarterback is Matt, is he elite when he can't do no better than the offense coordinator calling the game. He's not one of those people who can take over the game a la we saw Tom Brady do. He's got, he can't just say, hey, this sounds stupid. Let's run the ball. All we need is a field goal to win the game. Matt, Shanahan, Matt, Matt Ryan is only good as his offense coordinator. And the reason he was this good this year was because Kyle Shanahan coached at a level he's never coached at. And I'm not talking about yards and stats and stuff like that. It's when he's getting no yards. Is he taking that critical third down sack? Is he moving the drive ball along during the drive? Is he getting those yards and critical plays? Or is he just getting them in blowouts when the Falcons getting their ass handed to him? So. I agree with both. They, they all performed at a level that um, Kyle Shanahan is not that Kyle Shanahan. And he's not going to be that with the Niners. None of us have said the guy's name because we really didn't know who the fuck he was. It's Richard fucking Smith, who's probably been coached since, I think, the 80s or something. That defense, listen, the defense wasn't the problem in the Super Bowl, but let's be honest. I haven't been impressed with the defense, period. I don't like the scheme last year or this year. I haven't been a fan of it. Now, I don't know if that's Dan Quinn or him, whoever it is, they got to get that together. And as far as Brian Cox getting fired, I've been saying he should have been fired. He's not a good D-line coach. He didn't inspire them to be good. The reason why they're good now, the reason why they said the AJC, is because Dan Quinn put a hand on the defensive line. It's because Dwight Freeman came and was helping J.D. Gray, and he was helping Vic Beasley. Cox said at the beginning of the season started, when the season started after the first game, there's nothing I can do with Vic Beasley. You yell at him, he won't do nothing. You leave him alone, he can't do nothing. You can't even inspire this kid. He sucks. The only thing he's good for is a hard knock cameo sucking on the cigar. Fuck him and fuck Richard Smith. Oh, well, the fuck. Dick Smith. They can go. You're absolutely right, though. Why would you not promote within the ranks? Instead of letting our quarterback coach go to the Rams, you could have just made him offensive coordinator. What you call Dan Quinn need to do more with the defense than anything else. He really should be a defensive coordinator. Because as a head coach, he look like he don't know what the fuck he's doing. He don't over nobody overturn anything, and that's the problem you have. You have a whole team full of nice guys and followers. Kyle Shanahan had the dominant personality, so you got this shit, this puss ass coach who went override him. You got a puss ass quarterback who wouldn't say fuck that, and everybody just do what the fuck this maniac said do when he came in with the worst game plan he's had all year, probably on his second to the game plan in Philadelphia. He had his worst game plan. But it didn't matter. I mean, I get your point, but the way the game folded out, it ultimately his game plan didn't matter. They jumped out so far ahead so quickly that 
you can throw your game plan out. Like your game plan changes. Now you don't have to throw the ball. Now you don't. Now you can just play. Not even conservative. You can play more controlled passing game. Run the ball more because you you both said it right. We ran the ball really effectively. De- De- Devontae Freeman was killing them. Tevin Coleman was getting his yards. And like you said, the mismatch we had was in the flats against the linebackers. Taking taking care of the linebackers. We didn't do that. And in the second half, the Falcons only ran what twenty plays, twenty five plays. They didn't run that many plays. So Devontae Freeman had over a hundred yards rushing. That was our first half. Why we got away from that? So here's some things that the Falcons have done all year. They've been a consistent. Uh, they have good run pass balance. Two, we've been going to some new on them critical throws and third downs and short yardages. What we also been doing is those little screen pass that Taylor gave road to a great room and get, we didn't do none of that. So when it's when it's time to control the clock, you methodically go to some new for short passes, you go to the screen game just to offset the run game so you're just not being predictable. We did none of that. Second down on that first one I was talking about, less than four seconds left, you got the first on the uh, 22 yard lines, we got tackle for a loss, three yard loss. The next play they put Matt Ryan in the shotgun. He's already six yard back with a three step drop. Why in the fuck are you calling that? That don't even make sense. That's not even Pee Wee football sense. I thought that in the moment, I thought they were just going to run to get Matt Bryant, whatever spot on the field he was comfortable at, and just tell him, fall right there so he could set up his kick. Like that was why I was thinking they're gonna run a draw, then line the ball up wherever they needed to, so he could so he can be comfortable with his keep. Never in a million years, because all they needed was a score to take a two point. I mean, a two to a two score lead. Yeah, a two position lead. I'm with you. Nowhere in football would you throw the ball in that situation. No, I don't give a damn who the quarterback is. I don't give a damn if it's God being the quarterback. You don't throw that ball. You don't throw any ball. But here's the bigger problem. Dan Quinn didn't veto the shit. Matt Ryan didn't veto the shit. Again, Dan Quinn didn't veto the shit. You're in your headphones. You say, look, we run the, we're kicking a field goal here. Run the ball. Nothing else. We control the clock. Worst case scenario, we kick a field goal. If we get some extra yards, fine. If not, we, sell, we can't do no worse than a field goal right here, Kyle. He not ready. He not ready. You got to be progressive and think about that and move on. Man, you know, I, I think uh, he knows he's not ready now after the fact. Man, it's like a hell of a growing pain, man. He's, he basically screwed the whole city over just for him to learn a lesson. So where do we go from here? You fire Dan Quinn. Y'all keep He's the problem. Because your question is, so I guess, let me spin your question like this. Do we go back to the Super Bowl in the next three seasons? Chill. I don't think so. Uh, well, maybe in the next three, some, somewhere in the next three, but I, I definitely don't feel like next year is going to happen. I, I, I don't really have a lot of faith in, 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 the, uh, in the coaching staff as it stands to that, uh, right now, today. They won't go to the Super Bowl. For us to get to the Super Bowl, it took two components to have extraordinary years. Art Chill said that Kyle Shanahan coached above his head this year. He coached so well that he got, he had a lot of deficiencies in the offense. 
Vic Beasley played so well, he had he had a ton of deficiencies in the defense. They both went back to who they were in the Super Bowl. He's gone. It'll take Matt Ryan another year to get some type of synergy with Steve Sarkeesian, who isn't even as good as Kyle Shanahan. So, no, Vic Beasley won't turn the corner. So, no, we we don't have it. We, we should have rolled that wave to a Super Bowl. Dan Marino syndrome. We rock, That may be our only chance of getting it in a long, long time. If we don't go back in three years, we're talking about 20, 30 years. That's how those Super Bowls work. If we don't, if we don't catch on to what they have now, we're talking about 20, 30 years. I think, I, I don't know. It's so far up in the air because you have a new OC. You're going to have a new quarterback coach. The whole dynamic has changed. What? You're going to have a new OC and DC. You have not just that OCDC, you're also going to have a new D-line coach, but you're also going to have a new quarterback coach. And that's both of those were Matt. The reason why Matt Ryan had to see the end is because of those two entities. That was the reason why he had his season. So I have no idea. Do we have the talent? I think we do on that. Come on, if we get it, we nail this draft right and get three starters and get a free agency, a quarter free agency. Our team is better. Great. Let me tell you something. Two players stood out to me, and I'm going to hate that Dwight Freeman may not come back because he was a key. Even he had a set. The greater Jerry and Rasheed Hagerman has turned the corner. That's a motherfucker. As far as old DBs go, it wasn't just Jalen Collins and Brian Poole. Robert Arthur getting good dick. And that goddamn CJ Goodwin, my God. Like, all them, they all, all our DBs are trash. And Robert Arthur had a pick six. But boy, Edelman worked in his ass. That was work all day. It doesn't matter which one of them white ass receiver got on them. From Chris Hogan to Edelman to whoever gives a fuck, they worked the ass. And that can't be done. They gotta get that shit together. But if they don't do this shit within those next three years, because then Matt Ryan's prime is out the way, we're fucked. You're talking about another 20, 30, 40 years of this shit. I'm gonna end up on this. Art Chill, I'm going to start with you. Can you ever trust the Falcons again? Or how can you ever trust the Falcons again? I, I really can't, but I have no choice. Uh, well, I mean, it's a difference between loving them and wanting them to do good and trusting them, right? So you can love them and not right. trust them. Right. Nah, uh, I'm, all, I'm, only gonna, I'm always going to trust what I see, which is why I was allowed, that's what allowed me to trust them this year. I felt like they were battle tested and unstoppable, and I really felt like everything that I saw said that there was no chance that we would lose that game, even before the Super Bowl. And then after the first half, I definitely was like, "Okay, my trust and everything is 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 validated because what I've seen all season long is happening." Um, <clears throat> so. In the, in the future, I won't. I don't know. You know, I'm going to really rely on what I see. Uh, and and I, but but it's like I'm not even saying I'm going to love them. It's just going to be my team. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be the team that I have to watch. Darren, I never trust them again. Say yourself. Say you for last, dude, because I think you you this you got to say you for last. You gonna do I trust them? No. No one trusts them. No, I I can't trust them. Not gonna lie, Arthur Blank did his job. I hate Thomas Mitro. 
Thomas Mitchell don't have nothing to do with what happened Sunday. That shit is just ridiculous. Arthur Blank didn't do his job because all these motherfuckers still stand around who got a job. <laughs> they should be. Oh, you dock everybody they pay. You dock them out they chip. Hey, man. They fucked the city. Fecunda undermit of becoming of a team. You dock everybody some money. You said the best. Motherfuckers don't understand two things. Violence and money. And we can't hurt them. Chill said the most prolific thing in this whole podcast to me. Because this is how I truly feel. Because of what they did, my love for Atlanta sports have took a blow. Period. As far as the Hawks break, I'm sick of room for losers. I don't give a fuck. Real Falcon fans, not running around here going, hey, Pick your team up. At least they got. I don't give a fuck about none of that. I don't care about that. Nobody. Second place is the first loser. They asked they gonna have. They better not have a fucking parade for them. Losers don't get parades. That goes for winners, not losers. I don't give a shit about all that. Meet them at the tournament. Meet them at. Meet them at flyer. Why? To punch somebody in the mouth? Because if not, man, fuck them. Man. Nobody worrying about that shit, man. Fuck them. Fuck the Hawks for losing. Fuck the Braves for losing and going out of here. Fuck that hockey team, man. Fuck Atlanta United, the soccer team. That's, man, fuck all the Fuck the dream who get, went to the goddamn women goddamn finals three years in a row and then win. Shit, man, fuck all of them, man. Fuck out. I'd be happy for you if you win. Man, fuck you. I'm not about to sit here and be patient and be rocking. You see how Atlanta fans are watching the game? Let's, let's give a shout out to Atlanta fan and some well who was watching the game, who was rocking, who was nervous, who was biting their fingernails, who hands was in head was in their head, who was praying, who was sick, who was crying. That's what they did to you. Man, motherfuck them. That's what they get. They don't deserve shit. To quote the great Mr. MOB. My dad died room for them bitches. Fuck them home. So Darren, how can you trust them again? Starting with the owner. With this owner, how can you trust him again? With the head coach, how can you trust him again? He showed you who he was. With this quarterback, how can you trust him again? He can't even man up and change a play with the goddamn Super Bowl on the line. And worse yet, he comes out the next day and makes a fucking whack-ass announcement in the paper. Hey, don't worry, we'll get him next year. No, the fuck we won't. How can you trust this whack-ass offensive coordinator who played above his head and in the moment, nutted up. How can you trust the defense coordinators who are gone, which leads back to the head coach? How can you trust the players on the field when it's only three players who probably stood out? Devontae, four players. Devontae, Julio, Hageman, and Grady Jerry. And who would have thought we'd be saying Hageman was a player who stood out? No, I can't trust them. How can you trust them when they're up by 25 with three minutes left in the Super Bowl? I was in Houston, Texas watching that game. I was around Falcons fans who were ready to party. I was next to some young ladies who were trying to get a party going, saying, where are we planning to party at? The whole time, I was like, no, it's, 30 years, it's 50 years of the Falcons letting us down. We can't leave until we leave. My girl texts me, hey, we got this. The minute she said, I said, don't say that. Two minutes later, the Patriots scored. She said, don't worry, it's okay. I said, don't say anything else. She said, okay, I'll be quiet. Five minutes later, she's giving me a zip mouse line um, emoji. And five minutes after that, the Patriots tie the fucking game. So I can never trust the Falcons again. Y'all can like them. Y'all can love them. I'm a well-wisher. I wish them well, but I will never invest my time, 
my energy or my emotion in the Atlanta Falcons again. Bottom line, the Falcons has destroyed a city, and they don't deserve anybody's fanhood. Turn your PSLs in. Tell the Falcons you will catch them on the next lifetime. Fuck no. This will catch them like you did. Yo, Arthur, Arthur, Arthur Blank need to just go ahead and buy us all season tickets to the Patriots and pay for our travel back and forth every week. <laughs> From your mouth to God's ears. We might do a podcast where I pick a new team to root for. This been digitaldaring.com. Make sure to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Fuck the Atlanta Falcons.